You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report on Wednesday, August 3rd. Day seven of Chiefs training camp was a wet one, so the team moved inside, meaning it was not open to the public. Luckily, the only man at Arrowhead Pride who's ever cheated in a hot dog race at the K was on the ground in St. Joseph, Missouri. Let me welcome in Pete Sweeney. Pete, it was a wet one up in St. Joe. Yeah, you always like to, to slide these little clips in. I, the cheating when I was the relish dog is, is alleged. I, I I feel like I went at the start of go, but uh, that is, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we were up in St. Joe today. Uh, it was rainy up here, really right in the practice window. Like, I'm up, I'm up here right now, and, it, and it's fine, which probably frustrates some fans that came up to, to try to see practice. But they moved indoors, so uh, no fans in attendance in a closed practice, uh, which, which we estimate to be the final padded practice of the week. Usually what Andy Reid will do is, now switch to, to shorts for this final day on Thursday, and then I'll have a day off on Friday. So uh, we got a final practice of hands into the week inside. There's video proof of you cheating in the hot dog race, Pete. <clears throat> v- v- video <clears throat> video evidence of of your false start. But uh, sure. but so yes, practice was not open to the public today. So the updates were a little bit thin compared to what they normally are. So can you give us an update on chiefs wide receiver sky Moore and tight end Jody Fortson? Yeah. Jody Fortson remains out. You know, we're, we're, I think giving him a, a few days uh, out of the mix uh, due to his quad issue. And so he uh, is still watching on the sideline. Sky Moore, he went on his personal official Instagram and, and he said, Look, I'm okay, and he was. Uh, I didn't notice any any kind of issue stemming from what would have been that hip injury, and even with quarterback Patrick Mahomes a couple of days ago, had that ankle thing. I, I think that is a a small thing of the past as well. But I didn't notice any dip in, you know, if you want to say it's not 100. I didn't notice any dip in percentage when it came to Sky Moore and his performance and size. So just a little bit of a, a scare when it came to the rookie, but I think he's okay and he's good to go. Yeah, and we did see some video of him taking kick return reps and stuff like that. So if there if it was yeah, anything was, serious, was, he wouldn't be doing that. There was one part of practice where he, he had to dive for a ball, and uh, he popped right back up. So if, if there was any problem with the hip, you know that, that could have been a problem. But popped right back up. That just seemed to be something that gave him a little bit of a discomfort on, on Tuesday, and now he's back in the mix now uh, for Wednesday, and, and we assume moving forward. So you already mentioned that today's probably the last padded practice from head coach Andy Reid this week and practice moved inside. That was always, you know, when I went up to St. Joe for practices constantly covering Chiefs training camp, indoor practices were the most fun for the media because you, you know, you're down there on the field and you get a closer look than you normally do for the outdoor practices. Can you talk about the atmosphere and what it was like indoors today for the Chiefs fans that didn't get to go out to St. Joe? Yeah, you know, it's it's 
it's difficult to describe it. It, it does seem like you, you do have somewhat of a, a dip in, in juice just because I, I think the players do draw energy from fans and attendance. When, you know, they know people are watching them and they make a, a good play. You're going to hear it from the crowd. Uh, but it was more of a, a business-like practice. And, you know, as we mentioned, when Andy Reid runs these padded practices a couple of days in a row, he goes a little bit longer with the practice than maybe he would have the first two days. And so I thought we saw that it was a little bit longer of a workout, uh, letting the players in a sense earn their, their day in shorts. And then we'll leave a day off from camp uh, and, and the on-field practices on, on Friday. So it was a little bit more intense. Uh, and I, I am starting to feel like we're getting into the dog days at camp and approaching that area where I even felt like it got a little chibi uh, at times. There were, there were, you know, they were doing these stud periods and you could see the defenders and, and they were, you know, eager to make sure that the opposing offensive players didn't end up in the end zone. And so, yeah, I, I think we're at that part of camp where these guys are starting to uh, want to and have this desire to get a, uh, an opposing player of another team. And we'll get that in, in a week's time when the Chiefs play the Chicago Bears. No camp fights yet, right? No camp fights. And and to tell you the truth, uh, even, even some of the details on the chippiness, as, as it turns out, you know, when you cover this in the media, you, you can say a little bit less when they move indoors just because it's been open to the public. So the media rules change a little bit. And then, so I think I could safely tell you that it was a little chippier. Uh, and, and we'll see if that translates to a training camp continuing and certainly to when they get to that first preseason game. I do want to ask you uh, about the tight end battle that's kind of going on in Chiefs training camp, and we've talked a lot about it. Uh, we we think Jody Fortson, when healthy, is absolutely locked in at the number two tight end, but it could mean a difference of the Chiefs winding up carrying three tight ends or four tight ends heading into the season. So can you tell us what's going on there in the absence of Jody Fortson? Yeah, you know what? It, it, it wasn't a position that I was eyeing ahead of camp. And, and trying to maybe describe as, as one of the most strong positions on the team. Uh, but I, I certainly feel that way. I, I, I find that that behind Jody Forston, you're, you're seeing more opportunity for Noah Gray, who has really popped in recent days. A name like Jordan Franks, we really weren't considering for any aspect of this team, including the practice squad, has looked really good these past few days. I think Matt Bushman has even had some really good reps. You're seeing Blake Bell, I think, come into his own. And so fortunately, as exited, uh, and I still believe you're right, when he is healthy, uh, he is the tight end too. But maybe there's more depth than we even realize beyond Blake Bell and Noah Gray. And so I, I think if you're building this 53-man roster and you're even eyeing the practice squad, I could see one or two tight ends uh, ma- making the practice squad. And, and if something were to happen to these guys uh, up there during the regular season, the Chiefs will have some good backups uh, so long as they don't, they don't make it to, to other teams. So we'll end up having to see what they put on, on tape in the preseason. But I just think I think it's a developing story in the sense that tight end might be much more deeper than, than we realize entering camp. Yeah, at least Blake Bell is kind of a seasoned player who's got plenty of experience in this offense and plenty of reps with the Kansas City Chiefs. But nice to hear that uh, tight end Noah Gray in year number two is finally showing some flashes for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I would say that Gray has flashed enough in the past couple of days where, you know, not that I'm saying Fortson is milking it. I'm not, I'm not implying that at all. But Bob Fortson watching these practices and seeing what Noah Gray is doing, I'm trying to leave the tub as soon as possible. And I, I wonder if we may even see him in that, that shorts practice that I see this happening tomorrow. I want to ask you about Orlando Brown Jr. who took the field for the Chiefs this week. How has he looked so far through a couple of practices now? 
you know, I regret it because I wish we would have asked him about his weight because I, I wrote my story. I think he slimmed down a bit. In my view, just kind of thinking about how he looked last year, I could I could tell he, he probably about 10 pounds lighter. I, that would be my guess. Uh, and so I think he's moving a, a little bit better. They had him again going on the, the one-on-ones today, and I think he's shaken off a little bit of the rust. It, it's hard to judge brown jr right now aside from what i'm saying where he slimmed down and moving well because i i think it'd be unfair to be like okay he's gonna come for the first time since the afc title game and look like this small world left tackle i i think the judgment needs to be next week i think so far so good as they are beginning to acclimate orlando brown he did more than he did yesterday today and i anticipate that we're getting very close to orlando brown being able to do full team practices I, i'd imagine he'll go for the full workout tomorrow yeah, uh, assuming weather allows it, you'll be able to catch him tomorrow and uh, Chiefs fans will be able to go check out that practice and, and hopefully get a glimpse of Orlando Brown and uh, see see what he's doing there as they continue to establish their offensive line throughout camp. I got to ask you about the running backs on Wednesday inside practice. This has become a camp battle that I think a lot of Chiefs fans are paying close attention to compared to some other position groups. Did you see anything from that running back group? Yeah, I know this this does impact the, the NFL watching world that that likes fantasy football as well. So it's a point that I tweeted out yesterday that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire seems to be the guy when it comes to the first reps. And behind him, uh, Hansberry. And, and it's mostly been Jared McKinnon, but in, in recent days, you've seen Ronald Jones get more opportunities right behind Clyde. So I do, I do still feel like I did coming into camp. I, I think the locks for this 53-man roster are Clyde Edwards-Elair and Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie who they, they really like uh, for sure. And then it's how many more running backs do we keep and who are they? So if they keep two more, are you looking at a combination of maybe McKinnon or Jones and Derek Gore? Is Derek Gore out of that mix and they keep the two veterans and try to sneak Derek Gore? onto the practice squad because we know they like Gore. They've complimented him in the past. And so it's an ongoing battle. And what, it, what, what is interesting about this particular running back battle is I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is RB1. I think Isaiah Pacheco is RB3 and is going to be the kick returner for this team. What's weird is the battle is actually for what would be the RB2 position. And, and that isn't a lock. And it's just one of those intricacies of football that you don't get quite often where really the, the battles for the backup and number three is solidified, but I think that's only happened in Kansas City. Yeah. As we move further and further along into training camp, I, I'm starting to talk myself into it being really hard for Ronald Jones to make this team just because we know he's not a pass catching running back. And if Clyde is legitimately the number one running back, which I agree with you, I think that he is locked in there uh, even if they might, split the reps a little bit more this season. It's just that mm-hmm. Jarek McKinnon and rookie Isaiah Pacheco seem to give you a little bit more versatility than Ronald Jones does. I think where Ronald Jones can win, it would be pass pro and then short yardage and, and goal line. The problem is, is okay. So, you know, if, if you're maybe relying on Clyde a little bit more there and giving another, another opportunity to short yardage and goal line and Jarek McKinnon is kind of your, your passing back. Uh, you got to be really good, I, I think, in short yardage. And the problem comes in is, okay, if Isaiah Pacheco can be that bulldog for you at the goal line and in short yardage, and you look at Ronald Jones, you're like, well, we know that McKinnon can pass protect. Clyde's gotten better at it. Isaiah Pacheco takes a lot of pride in that. What is 
what does he do that's different from the rest of what the, the Chiefs have? And I, I think that's the million-dollar question. And I don't think Ronald Jones is a player that, if, say, the Chiefs waived him, he wouldn't find a role in the NFL. I think there's going to be other teams interested in it, which is why I continue to suggest that maybe he does get that Carlos Hyde treatment of that late trade. I, and I've said it a couple times in the Chiefs training camp uh, report here. Uh, but it, it's such a tough numbers game because you have all these talented receivers, all these talented tight ends. Them keeping four running backs seems a little bit less likely. And so you wonder how it all plays out. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think as we get into the preseason and we'll see these guys in action, if Ronald Jones winds up having a good preseason and the Chiefs just say, well, we, we need more out of that position than just a guy who can take handoffs, I, I do see a scenario where they could wind up trying I mean, to move him. A perfect example is you go and play the Bears and the coaching staff season there. And you no, know, you know, I don't know how high they are in Montgomery. Who knows about how Herbert fits into that mix? And I don't know. That feels like a team that might be able to use Jones even a little bit more than what the Chiefs have currently, just because of their depth, even going as far as Jericho and Jerry and Ely. So, so it's all a numbers game and, and that stuff will be worked out in the preseason. But, you know, if you can, move on from a player and you're going to move on from him anyway and you can get a draft pick out of it we've not uh, or we've seen Britt Beach willing to do that and so I just wonder if it happens again so we know Sky Moore did return to practice today and Andy Reid seems like that they think he's totally fine looked good today uh was you know in in yeah. the mix there but I want to talk about the rest of the wide receivers as you know we're, we're obviously paying attention to these veterans and who's going to be that next consistent playmaker for Patrick Mahomes what did we see from those guys on Wednesday yeah I I'm beginning to wonder about, about Josh Gordon we've seen him with more of the second team and, and third team not only I you know what would be in, in today but in, in recent practices and you just wonder how the, the end of that position group plays out. I, I think everyone is in agreement in Kansas City. Anyone who covers this team, we know who the top four are Juju, MBS, Nicole Hardman, and Sky Moore. And, and to me, I think they're keeping six receivers. The talent is too strong. And when you hear Dave Cove, who spoke yesterday, compare Justin Watson, who was able to speak today, to Marcus Kemp, who is now a member of the New York Giants. And what, what that equates to is the ultimate special teams guy. And when Watson is doing what he's been doing with Mahomes as far as building rapport. Fountain is a guy they've already kept over Josh Gordon. I'm just, I'm less bullish on, on this team keeping Gordon when he's, there's one dimensional when it comes to, to playing offense. And it's what do you do for me on special teams? And you have two guys in Fountain and Watson who can offer you something on offense, but also offer you something on special teams. The special teams part of it is a little bit underrated of a storyline. You know, you think about the guys that they lost to Armani Watts and Ben Neiman and Dory Daniel. They're going to have to fill all those positions. And so to me, two wide receivers that stand out and have kind of emerged here are Watson and Fountain. And it, the case is getting made more and more and more. And so I just don't know how Josh Gordon necessarily fits into that. And who knows, you know, maybe that is someone who does stand out in the preseason. You could be looking at another swap uh, for, for someone where maybe the wide receiver room isn't as deep a lot of things can happen as you you know get closer and closer to this 53 men roster yeah we talked about it a ton yesterday i think when dave tobe shouts out doris fountain in his press conference that says a lot because we know dave gets those bottom of the roster spots for his unit and so i think that says a lot and you know josh gordon it's just for a team that's looking to get young and, and fast at that position it just seems like at this point in his career he's probably not offering that to the kansas city chiefs well well, I, I think you got to wonder about Fountain. Like, 
but Dave Tobe, the Dave Tobe effect is real when he says, and I'll just go back to the running back room for a second. When he says, yeah, I like Chick to be our new kick returner. Remember Byron Pringles in Chicago. I like, so to me, Chick was on the team. And then when he says, well, Watson can be our next Marcus Camp. To me, Watson's on the team. And so we'll see about that sixth position. Uh, but that for me was something that I, I made a mental note about. I, I think Watson, you know, you could almost write in, in what would be ink at, at this point to, to make the roster. And, and I, I wonder if Fountain can hold on to that six spot just because of his special teams prowess as well. Final thing for me, Pete, um, we've talked a ton about the defensive side of the football, all the young playmakers, and hopefully tomorrow on Thursday, we'll get our first look at Carlos Dunlap in a Chiefs uniform on the practice field. But I want to ask you about the young defenders and uh, what have we seen from them the last couple of days? Has anybody stood out? Has anybody really impressed you? Yeah, you know what? I, I think you're you're seeing some some action from Leo Chanel. I think in his rookie year here, at, at, during neutral plays that, that could be pass or run, I think you're going to see Elijah Lee in there. But I think these clear-cut run plays, you know, think first and 15 or first and 10 at the beginning of a drive against a team that shows a tendency to run on early downs, I think you're going to see a role for Leo Chanel. And uh, he's a pretty good run stuffer at this level, and I think they're going to let him grow into some of those other packages where he might need to drop into coverage. So I think there'll be a role for Chanel. And then when you think about cornerbacks on this team, everyone's been on Joshua Williams, but I think we're starting to see Jalen Watson emerge as a candidate to, to be at the front of that cornerback room as well. That was something I asked Andy Reid about. He said that the defensive backs coach Dave Merritt has working with these guys, giving them an opportunity. And there's really good competition in that cornerback room. Uh, and, and, you know, like we talked about how it could be phasing Josh Gordon out, it could be phasing DeAndre Baker out of the mix. There's a lot of defensive backs on this team, a lot of young talent, and they're exploring, okay, who can play at the top level for us? Who can play uh, what would be the outside cornerback in the base, the outside cornerback in the big one? I think a lot of these guys are going to get these opportunities. So there's competition and maybe one of those hidden competition battles happening uh, when it comes to that fourth or fifth cornerback as well. Again, not really any mention of first-round cornerback Trent McDuffie, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, hey, look, I will say, I've been a little hard on, on McDuffie. I thought he had a better look today. He's going to win by sticking with the receivers, and I think we're seeing a little bit more of that where, you know, as pads come on and you could get a little bit chippier, you can have a little bit more contact and simply stay with the opposing receiver. I think that's where McDuffie's going to win. And I have liked these past few days more so than I did at the beginning of camp. And uh, hopefully for Chiefs fans, he, he just continues to build on top of that. He's Pete Sweeney. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. Make sure you check out his daily camp notebooks at arrowheadpride.com. If you want to listen to the Chiefs press conference in their entirety, you can do so on From the Podium at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. That's available for you now. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing. We will talk to you guys tomorrow for Day 8 of Chiefs Training Camp. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 